0: Good evening, everybody. Episode 91, January 28th. Power went out. yip dee dippity I just don't understand what is going on. I mean, I was three minutes away from the end of the show. I was like, I'm going to get a workout in. Life's going to be good. I'm early. Family's at karate. I've got this down. I'm going to go work out, come back up, we'll watch some hockey. But no, no, Thor decided to interrupt our power yet again. Thank you, Thor, for launching thy mighty hammer in the heavens and having us lose power when there was no lightning or anything else. There was no reason. It just turned off. And I don't understand that. How hard is it? We can send a man to the moon, but we can't have consistent power in this country. Whatever. You know when you like do a really good episode? No, you don't because you haven't done it. But when you do and you get your own show, you'll have a really good episode. Everything's going great. And then the power goes out and you're like, I don't want to do this again. I'm kind of done. It's kind of like running a marathon. Once you're done, you're just like, never want to see another marathon again. All-you-can-eat 64-ounce steak? I never want to take another bite of steak as long as I live. And then you wake up the next day and you somehow go do it all again. That's where I'm at. I almost think I should unplug and just start over tomorrow. But alas, I won't. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, it's not going to be politics. Matt inspired me not to talk about politics. Matt is from Stillpoint. I I don't think I've covered this, but I've done this like five times, so I may have covered this already, but I'm going to do it again. Matt said hey, man, I haven't really dove into politics in the last 30 days, and I'm much happier. Well, that is true, and that is true for this show. You need to have moderation. You need to pace yourself. You shouldn't immerse yourself in everything like politics and just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like Groundhog Day. You're going to get irritable and cranky and upset and disappointed, and politics is like a bad drug. You just don't want to take too much of it and then find out why your pants are hanging from a flagpole, and you went home with a... A prostitute named Bubba. Not a good scenario. Unless you're into that thing and there goes the coat rack because my wife came up and hung up her coats and then dropped them all over. Power outages, missing my program, coats dropping. Anything else, Olivia, that you'd like to do to screw up my show tonight? Maybe 12 more coats, will balance it out on the other side minus the 16 you had on the left side. You're sorry? Oh, don't be sorry, this is just what we do. We just keep screwing up my show, it's fine. Fine. Put another coat on there. I'm sure it'll stand up this time. Don't go hang them in the closet where they should really go. Hayden, maybe you could push from one end and see if you could help the coats fall over. It's not going well. So, folks, obviously, I'm just going to go right into the joke since my wife doesn't want me to finish the show. She hates the show, folks. It's obvious. She hates it. She doesn't want to see it succeed. (laughs) Stock market report. Helium was up today, by the way. Feathers were down. Paper was absolutely stationary. Fluorescent tubing was dimmed in light trading, and knives were up sharply. Pencils lost a few points. Hiking equipment was trailing, and the elevators rose, while escalators continued their slow decline. Weights were up in heavy trading, and mining equipment hit rock bottom. Diapers remained unchanged. The market and raisins dried up and balloon prices were inflated and toilet paper touched a new bottom. Video not found. How's it possible? How? I just linked it. Seriously. Folks, we're not having a show tonight. That's it. No. No show. No. No show. We're not going to do it. Nope. I'm going to push the button, locate file, and then it's going to play. And I've already, you know, ha- whatever. I- oh, and then I got a text. Will! Text me again. Will text me every night at this time when I'm recording. Why? Because Will's an asshat. It's just not going to get any better today. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, folks. I I mean, that is single-handedly the most absurd and the most horrible intro I've ever done. And I want to apologize. And I'm refunding everybody's money who's watching tonight. You're all dumber for having watched this. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Folks, who am I? Well, I am Matthew Spear. Hey, that worked. Outstanding. Matthew Spear, I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. At least that didn't blow up. What else is exciting? Well, there's something else, and I'm pretty stoked about it. 4,000 followers. 4,000. I may have already said that, too. I don't know what I've said already, so you're going to have to bear with me. This is like Groundhog Day for me. I've done this like 50 times. But the 4,000 followers, I will talk about it all the time. I am very, very proud. Dummies, thank you so much for following me, and you can follow me. On YouTube, Facebook, social media channels, everywhere else. And here they all are. These are all my handles. And stop by. And if you don't, God kills a puppy. And that's on your conscience, not mine. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, it's pretty interesting. But first, we're going to talk about this. Day 87 of the hostage crisis. As Facebook has decided not to allow me to advertise. And anyone else who has any political affiliation. Well, the interesting thing is we don't have political affiliation. You can see there's a Republican and a Democrat in my little mic, and I believe that, and everybody gets a voice here. However, they feel that I shouldn't be able to describe my show, and I've got to put something benign, like, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. We talk about a lot of stuff, so if you like stuff, come on and get some stuff over at our place that has stuff. Stuff. That's not a commercial. That's just basically stupid. And they're holding us hostage, so maybe one day they will let my people go and free us. Nelson Mandela lives. Power to the people. Let my people go. Let freedom reign. Let us advertise so we can do what we need to do, which is buy followers the good old-fashioned way. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, it is a long story, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Not that we're not already there. But game crazy. You notice the hat I'm wearing. This This hat's older than my kids, and I will maintain its illustrious form and deep black color and amazing neon green thread with orange and red flames and the beautiful G that is interlaced into the logo. As a stamp of honor, game crazy. A part of Hollywood Video and Movie Gallery, a company where I landed my first career as a district manager. I was a store leader. I ran the north and south of Arizona after they fired a horrible DM named Sean Toussaint. anyone remembers him? he didn't do anything. Certainly didn't get numbers, and anybody who wants to defend him, go ahead. Sean was a horrible DM, but that's just my opinion. And I'm sorry that he got fired, but essentially I did take his market, which was dead last, and put it in the top ten in the company, and mine, and that makes me awesome, and then boo-boo, stick your head and doo-doo. Sorry, Sean, to throw you under the bus, but you were kind of a sanctimonious ass. But anyway, the people who remember the company remember it fondly. And there were great leaders in that company. Mark Monhasian, Greg Beck, Roger Dunlap, Yancey Warnock, there were a few others who I won't mention, but Dave Huligan was also fantastic. There were so many fantastic, fantastic leaders, but what we had was a family. And even though we didn't always agree, and not everyone liked me, and that's fine. That's usually wherever I go. We had one mutual hate and disdain for one company equally, and that was the dreaded evil GameStop. GameStops had all the publishers and all the software developers. And all the major consoles in their pocket. They purchased Funcolan and Babbages and Software, etc., and EB games and all that other stuff, bought them all up, gobbled them up, and grew extremely fast and became a conglomerate. And essentially at that point it became mom and pop shops, Game Crazy, and GameStop. And we held no punches back. We took the war to them and we did it effectively and efficiently. It was almost guerrilla warfare. During launch nights, they would have halo lines that went around the block. And although we didn't necessarily get all the pre-orders that we wanted compared to them, we always had extra copies at the end of the night. And we would go over to GameStop and we would tell them, hey, we've got hot cocoa. We're allowing you to play the game for free in the store right now. And you don't have to wait if you pick it up. And we'll give you 10% off if you have an MVP card. And we would literally see the GameStop line disappear. We did this all over the country. We did other things. We would take 10% off coupons off used games, and we would take these flyers, and we would go shop GameStop and open up all their most popular games and stick these flyers inside of them. So when someone was browsing the game and opening up, they would see the flyer and then go over to Game Crazy and buy the game from us because our trade-in program was better. We got in some arguments with people, maybe a few fights with GameStop employees. We also had something else. They had the EB Edge card, and we had the MVP card. And we declared with Gabe Gabriel, our CEO said, kill Darius by noon. And if you don't know who Darius was, it was GameStop. And our CEO is telling us to kill them. Fantastic. The edge card, we would actually take somebody's edge card, give them a free MVP card and cut theirs up and mail it to Gabe Gabriel. And Gabe would put it up on his wall in his office. He was a very motivational human being. Ultimately, our company went under but it really doesn't matter. The point is, we went down swinging and fighting, and GameStop, the Goliath that it was, is absolutely a modern-day tale of David and Goliath, which is apropos, because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The other thing about GameStop that I haven't forgiven over the years is that I worked for them for two days as a district manager. I was hired. I took a very considerable pay cut to work there because I love video games and I wanted to work in the environment. Several game crazy people who I know who are good friends still work at GameStop and I support them and they in Denver and hopefully they get the hell out as fast as possible because the three things that I despise about GameStop is they rip off their customers, number one. Number two, they haven't adapted to the times. They now sell Stupid toys and games and things like that that have nothing to do with video games. And instead of being adapting to the market and starting to push gamer cards and PlayStation cards and Xbox cards or signing a contract to have exclusive digital releases or anything, they've absolutely not become creative in their design and they have not molded their company into the future. Very similar to Radio Shack. Very similar to Blockbuster Video. And every other company that has failed, like Circuit City. The last thing is how they treat their employees. Their employees don't get breaks like they should. They send one person on the floor to deal with hundreds of customers in an eight-hour period of time. They are always too busy. They always have a line. And their trading values are horrendous. And I despise GameStop. It's a suckle. And anybody who works there would openly admit it too, except they can or they'll be fired. GameStop deserves to go out of business. But what it doesn't deserve is modern-day electronic terrorism to short it into oblivion, which is what's been happening to all major companies like BlackBerry and Sears, JCPenney, GameStop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what has happened is that these investors, these day traders, these hedge fund experts have come in and they have made purchases of stock and then they sell it and they lean up against their brokers and then go ahead and disparage the, use their influence to disparage the stock so it drops and they sell it short and they make money from that. I can go into the how and the why, and I'm absolutely going to. But the first person I want to talk to you about is this gentleman right here. His name is Andrew Left. And the interesting thing about Andrew Left is he looks just like every other douche that you can think of over the last 10 or 15 years. Look at his face. Tell me you can't think of another financial guy, stock market guy, banker, real estate guy, social media guy that looks just like him. Well, if you can't, I'll help you. The first one is Martin Shkreli, whatever the hell this guy's name is. This is the one who had the AIDS medicine that basically not didn't stop, but kept HIV under control and is important for people to live. And it was essentially free and very, very cost effective for people with HIV. And he went and bought it and bumped the price up by $900. Now, he did this to go ahead and increase it so it would gain some sort of traction. You increase it to 900, therefore you can sell it for 26 and bring it back down. And everybody says that's a savings, even though when it was pennies on the dollar. The guy's a scumbag and basically should be hung from a yardarm. Yard. Then you have Jordan Belfort, the wolf of Wall Street. Has anyone heard this guy talk? And I hear all the time, oh, he's an amazing salesman. That guy would spend two seconds in my house and he would leave with a shotgun barrel in his mouth. The guy's a punk. He's an absolute a hole. I don't like him. I think he's foul-mouthed. I think he's a complete loser. And he should have went to jail for the rest of his life. And he should still be rotting in jail. And the other guy who tops them all is, Mar- is Herr Zuckerberg. They all look alike. They all have that thing, that thing that makes your teeth itch. And if any of you say that I make you feel that way, well, then fine. I understand. But these three guys and that other guy, Andrew Left all have something in common. And it's that they were all beat up in high school and they were all nerds and picked on by the jocks. And they've got a complex. They all have Jockey Man Syndrome, and they all have Short Man's Disease, and all of them are just a little bit wanting when it comes to alpha male lineage. But what they're doing right now is absolutely atrocious, and let me tell you what it is. But first, before we get into it, I have to explain to you what shorting is, and no, it's not this gentleman's height. The key takeaways of shorting and what does it mean? Short sellers are betting that a stock will drop in price. When we buy stock, you and me, we ultimately buy a stock and hope that it raises. And we hope against hope that they have great quarters and ultimately that the money gods have faith and invest in their company and they show positive growth year over year, quarter over quarter, month over month. And then we get rich and we sell it later. That's the long term game. Then there is short seller. Short sellers are betting that the stock will drop in price. They're betting against the market. Short selling is riskier and go, uh, than going long on a stock because theoretically there is no limit to the amount you could lose. And I'll explain that. It's a little complicated, but you'll get there. Speculators short sell to capitalize on a decline while hedgers go short to protect gains or minimize losses. Short selling, when it is successful, can net the investor a nice profit in the short term, as stocks tend to lose value faster than they appreciate. What this man Andrew Left did is he bought a ton of GameStop stock and shorted it, and he made a high-volume purchase, then went on and used his influence to say, this is a horrible company, it sucks, it's a POS, it's going to go under, there's no value, and they've been doing this for years. Every company that has financial trouble and gets to a point of non-recoverable They will use these penny stocks that are essentially pennies on the dollars to short the sell and make money by trampling it, by having all of their group go ahead and shorting their sales, driving the price down, lending against their brokers, and then reselling to them at a higher value. So let me give you an example of the way this works. If an investor thinks that Tesla, everyone remembers Tesla, TSLA on the stock market, is overvalued at $625 per share and is going to drop in price, the investor, Andrew Left, may borrow 10 shares from Tesla from their broker, who then sells it for the current market price at $625. If the stock goes down to $500, the investor, Andrew Left, could buy the ten shares back at the five hundred dollar price. The return shares to the, then return the shares to their broker at a net profit of twelve hundred and fifty, netting him sixty two fifty to five thousand. However, if the TSL price rises, TSLA price rises to seven hundred, the investor would lose seven hundred and fifty between sixty two fifty and seven thousand dollars. What are the risks? Short selling involves amplified risk. When an investor buys a stock or goes long, they stand to lose only the money that they've invested. Thus, if the investor bought one Tesla share at $625, the maximum they could lose is $625 because the stock cannot drop to less than zero. In other words, the maximum value that any stock can fall is to $0. However, when an investor short sells, they can theoretically lose an infinite amount of money because the stock's price can keep rising forever and it does not have a cap. As in the example above, if an investor had a short position in TSLA and short sold it, and the price rose to $2,000 before an investor exited, the investor would lose $1,325 per share. If an investor shorts stock, there is technically no limit to the amount they could lose because the stock can continue to go up in value indefinitely. In some cases, investors could even end up owing their brokerage brokerage money. Stocks have been volatile and completely on the bubble for four years now. And this is the stock market. COVID has caused this. And we have seen many, many companies on the bubble who are on the verge of bankruptcy have this manipulation happen to them where they're they're being shorted, and then they increase, and then shorted, and people are actually stealing money. It's almost like a reverse Ponzi scheme, and this is what Mr. Jordan Belfort was guilty of. Selling pennies on the stock, getting all of his investors to dump into that stock, seeing the price drive up, and then selling. This is ultimately what's happening in reverse, and Wall Street's been getting away with it for years. Andrew Left is from Citron Research, and he's an activist and a short seller. And what he did is, like I said, he made this large, large purchase of GameStop stock and then went ahead and talked about it behind the back of GameStop, driving the price down and then ultimately was going to sell. He said GameStop was horrible. It was a horrible place to be. It was worthless, very similar to what I said. But mine's out of just pure spite. His is so he can make a profit the Wall Street Reddit gamers rallied until Andrew left to F off. Now, all the people who did this got short-squeezed. By doing this, you have to buy the stock, which drives the price up even higher. So short-squeezing is, you say it's going to sell short and drop, but what happened is all those people went in and bought, and they rallied together, used an app called Robinhood, went and made huge purchases on Reddit, and said, let's buy GameStop stock, and essentially driving it up to a large number, which went to about $76 a share. Now I want you to remember, this stock was almost at zero at one point. I think the lowest it got was $1.06, $1.09, and I was gonna buy some shares. God, I wish I would have. And lightning would have struck twice because I got lucky with Apple stock. But I did it, and alas, here we are. Now you may think $76.79 is a big deal. It certainly is when your stock is worth pennies, and then it turns into $76.79 a share. Can you imagine if you had just a thousand shares, what that would mean to you for a nominal investment to have that much money in return? But this isn't all what happened. By being short squeezed, what happened is that these Wall Street investors, these people, these activist investors, these short investors, made these large purchases and they lost money hand over fist. And when they did that, they would have to buy back that stock in order to make up the deficit that they were feeling from the short that wasn't a short. And when they did that, they drove the price higher of the stock themselves. So not only were all these people in Reddit and people like you and me who saw the stock driving up and still be relatively low and said, I'm going to keep investing and buying into this, the people who were trying to screw over the stock had to buy more too. Then you got people like me talking about it and Barstool Sports talking about it and CNN and everybody else. And you saw these huge increases and they lost millions upon millions of dollars. And it is the best news I have ever heard. Wall Street Bets on subreddit did some other things that they shouldn't have. And they do what most people do who are in their basements, mom's basements on Reddit. They started sending death threats to this gentleman. They started telling him that they were going to take him and kill him and rape his family. And they doxed him and put his address online and went after Andrew Luck. And I do believe that Andrew Luck is the lowest of the low, and he is lower than snake shit. But the problem is, is you don't need to threaten people. You don't need to do that. It's ridiculous. Same people who threatened me for my show. But what happened was is that he went on live and recanted his statement and said, listen, I'm not going to mention GameStop anymore. I'm done. I've made my opinion. People hate me. I've had death threats. GameStop is GameStop. I'm absolutely done. And what it did is it absolutely created this massive uproar of this David and Goliath thought process that we had against GameStop, which said we beat the big man. We absolutely crushed these billionaires who have been doing this to the american people and american businesses and we got them back and what did it do it absolutely incited them to do more besides this 7679 you saw it go up to 49202 almost $500 and this is incredible to see a stock go from a dollar to 2 dollars up to $500 you know what's going to happen once it eclipses a certain point, people are going to start to sell. Now, this isn't good for GameStop and it isn't good for investors who try to get in it for the long term because it's going to collapse and people are going to pull out when they see it starting to drop. But they've got a long runway to do that. It's not going to happen in two minutes. It's going to happen over hours and hours over the day. But the people who aren't paying attention, the day traders that come in in the morning and don't come into the next, could get hurt by this. But that is the risk of the stock market. They're doing nothing illegal. It's not a Ponzi scheme. It is actual people like you and me investing, and they have every right to do it, just like people like you and me have every right to go into GameStop and stick 10% flyers in their games. If they don't like it, they can ask us to leave. And it's also completely okay for me to have a show about politics and not be lambasted by the Nazis of Facebook and telling me that I can't because of my First Amendment. We are the people. And we finally took some back and gave it a little bit to the billionaires and said, screw you, you hedge fund capitalists. I'm glad you lost. Who cashed in on 9-11 and shorted 9-11? How many people shorted during coronavirus? How many senators cashed out before the coronavirus was actually released to the public? This has been going on for a hell of a long time. And finally, John Q. Public won. And then this is what they did. The top... Oh, before that, I want to tell you about how this this win is is so much of a win. This guy, deep, blank, and value... And also known as Roaring Kitty on Reddit. This guy went ahead and did probably one of the greatest things I've heard besides winning the lottery, spending $1 for the first time in your life and winning. That happened to a guy who won millions, like $130 million, never played the lottery in his life, decided to buy a ticket kind of by accident, bought it, won, and what luck. Well, this gentleman did just that. He took his life savings, And he said, you only live once, man. I'm taking $50,000 and I'm buying GameStop stock. I'm buying all that I can. And trust me, that is a shit ton of stock. He now cashed out on all of that stock for a little over $15 million. This is what it's doing for ordinary Americans. Ordinary Americans using their voice and using their wallet to push back against the system. And for me, that is a huge, huge win. There's nothing illegal about it. It's absolutely 100% on the up and up. And the problem is, is that these shorts are trying to go ahead and take it back. These hedge fund people, these venture capitalists, these billionaires who are trying to protect against things like this and stop the little man from taking the stock market back. They are actually laying the clamp down. Robinhood, which is supposed to be an app. It's named after Robin Hood from stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. They did exactly what you said to do. They stole from the rich and gave to the poor. This is what your app was designed to do. But just like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the NRA, and every single bank in the United States and the Veterans Affairs have given up on Americans and stabbed us in the back. And the moment that this started happening, Robinhood pulled the plug and said that anyone who purchased stock through them and through that app can no longer buy, trade, go long, go short. All they can do is ditch their stock. It is absolutely 100% as bad as censorship. It is completely illegal. The FEC needs to take a look at it. They need to absolutely, the Trade Commission needs to get involved in this. And they need to find out who was responsible for this calamity. It is illegal. Because here's the thing Robinhood may have locked all these people out, but you know who's not? Every single other app, E-Trade, Fidelity, you can be whatever you want, you can be a billionaire. But anybody who purchased through this and is driving this stock up got shut out and cannot continue to make it climb and make them richer. And honestly, I think it absolutely needs to continue to happen. I think they need to take every penny. And after hours, it's back up. It dropped $129. And after hours, it's back up 97 They're opening up trading for small purchases on Friday. They want to control this thing. They want to control you. They want to dominate you from cracking the code and doing things that are great for your pocketbook. But these billionaires can do it anytime they want and can continue to trade, sell short, sell long, dump it, reinvest it. They can do whatever they want. But the people who invested and made this happen, the poor people, the people like you and me, they screw over. The top security regulator in Massachusetts said this. The New York Stock Exchange should halt trading in GameStop stock for 30 days so it can cool down. Retail traders often use options, have helped propel the stock more than 1,000% this year. On Wednesday alone, shares were up more than 100%. I really think at this point it calls upon uh, the regulators, in this case the New York Stock Exchange, to consider simply suspending it for a month and stop trading it. William Galvin. The Secretary of Commonwealth of Massachusetts told Barron's, these small and unsophisticated investors are probably going to get hurt by this. Who the hell do you think you are? Small and unsophisticated just took billions out of your pocket. This is the problem with the elite. This is the problem with the leftists is they think we're stupid. They think we can't understand this. And if I had any mind to know that they would not shut this down and I would not lose a considerable amount of money, I would put everything I had in the GameStop right now. There's other companies that are doing this. BlackBerry, Nokia, some of the larger big box like Bed Bath & Beyond. They've been shorting these stocks and trying to close these businesses and make money off the death of these companies. And that's okay. And we don't regulate that. And we don't put a hold on that for killing GameStop and killing Bed Bath & Beyond and destroying thousands of jobs of Americans. But if you fuckers want to make a few dollars, that's okay. But if Americans want to take it back from you, we get shut down and restricted. And pardon my French, but I am absolutely sick of this crap. People need to go to jail for this. Whoever decided to do this. Whoever got in bed with this and whatever billionaires greased the palms of the owners of capital and venture and Robin Hood should be in prison. But we all know what's going to happen. It's going to be looked over. The Senate oversight will look into it. The Judiciary Committee will look into it. And nothing will happen because these politicians are all bought and paid for by the same people who are portraying this against the American people. If you've got money and you have some to burn, invest. I know I am. And I'm going to buy in after-hours trading, and I'm going to watch it close, and I actually recommend you do the same thing. Do not set it and forget it Ronco style. Stay involved. Watch the dollar. Watch it go up. Make your money and get out. But every dollar that you help stops these bastards from reinvesting into short or another company they can do this to simply because they want the revenue and they want the percentage. I drop an F word. I haven't done that in 20, 30, 40 episodes Sorry. I hope you feel my frustration. I got a great question. And I got this question the, uh, the other day when I did episode 90. I didn't get to throw it in. I didn't have enough time. But I want to do it now. It's from my friend, Monique. If, and this is in regards to the impeachment of Donald Trump, which I said a long time ago it's not going to go through. It's going to be DOA. They're not going to impeach a citizen. And that's ultimately what they're doing. They're not going to set that precedent because then they're going to go after senators. Then they're going to go after state legislators. Then anyone who raised their hand and made that oath on that Bible is vulnerable to impeachment just because somebody says so. And the House says, let's vote on it. And they all say yay versus nay. They're not going to set that precedent. Donald Trump's going to get away scot-free, and that's fine. And he's going to have to fight his day in civil court, if not criminal court. But as far as impeachment, I am fairly confident it will not see the light of day like I've predicted all along. But this question has to do directly with that. If Nixon was impeached, which he was, and then resigned, which he did, to become a citizen, to be protected from conviction, which is the precedent. Once you are out of office, it says you have to convict or will convict a sitting president, not a sitting citizen, which there is no such thing. From conviction, as some people are saying, I learned it was to save embarrassment of a trial. That is one thing. Then why did Ford pardon Nixon? Why did Gerald Ford pardon Nixon? Well, it's a really good question, Monique, and I want to answer it for you. A statement was given out by Richard Nixon. It says, I was wrong in not acting more decisively and more forthrightly in dealing with Watergate, particularly when it reached the stage of judicial proceedings and grew from a political scandal into a national tragedy. No words can describe the depth of my regret and the pain at the anguish my mistake over Watergate has caused. The nation and the presidency, a nation I so deeply love, and the institution I so greatly respect. The mixed Nixon pardon was pivotal in the election for Ford for presidency. Historians and myself also believe that the controversy was one of the major reasons that Ford lost the election in 1976. He floated the idea of, of pardoning Nixon. Now, there was a couple of reasons. One is that it happened long before Nixon resigned. When the heat started, obviously Ford knew this. Nixon and Ford had a conversation and Nixon and Ford agreed to one thing, which was a compromise that said, you go ahead and resign, save the nation, the embarrassment and yourself, and you won't have to admit guilt. You just resign. And when you do, I will pardon you. And when you are pardoned, you can't be held responsible criminally. Nixon reservedly agreed to this. And there was one thing that he was supposed to do, which was to issue a statement just like that. And Nixon said, no, he resigned and he left. And then at some point, Ford went ahead and wanted to clean up the mess. Now, Ford wanted to say, obviously, this gained him the presidency, mind you, Nixon resigning. And this was the quid pro quo that took place. Ford obviously wanted to clean this up and protect his own presidency. The judiciary started to look into this. Newspapers were printing that they made a back alley deal. And then Nixon, by by uh, doing exactly that, by pardoning him, would keep Nixon off the stand and keep him from ratting out Ford. So although he said it was for the good of the nation and the good of the country, it really was to protect his own ass, which is what happens in politics, also known as CYA. Nixon wrote the apology letter and basically not so... Bluntly, as Ford wanted, admitted that he had done some wrongdoing, but never admitting guilt. At that point, it lost Ford the presidency, and this whole thing was washed under the rug. It most definitely and most assuredly was quid pro quo. It ultimately could have gotten them both impeached again for this, especially if you use the new rules of the House and Senate, which is impeach somebody who is a citizen and even Nixon. And this is why it is so fickle. And the precedent is that it's against the Democrats, that they will not get this. Precedent says you do not impeach or take to trial a citizen, and the Senate does not have that power. They cannot write a parking ticket. I have said that a hundred times. They cannot perform a trial only against the president because that is their job. Their job is the executive branch and to oversee the executive branch. Ultimately, the executive branch enforces the laws, and they write the laws, but the Senate does have power to impeach and put the president on trial. The reason I said that Trump should have pardoned himself is to stop him from the criminal cases that could come against him from other people. And it would also be recognized by the state and the federal courts. However civilly, they can sue for any dollar amount they want, and that is a completely different thing. And the states reserve the right for civil cases in civil court. And the towns and municipalities and the cities and the states can sue as much as they want from a civil standpoint. But from a criminal standpoint, that would have helped him. Now, he certainly wasn't guilty. That's fine. But has him being innocent helped him at all in the last four years with cases in kangaroo courts and FISA courts and and thoughts of Russian collusion? No, and it most assuredly will not change when he's out of office. The Democrats are out for blood. And now that they smell it, they wanna put him out of his misery so he can never, ever be a thorn in their side again will have to find another way as this impeachment will most assuredly not work. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Minus, enjoyed it, minus the snafu in the beginning. I do apologize about that. Please remember To like, share, and subscribe, my wife will try not to drop any more coats. The power will stay on. I better not push my luck, knock on wood. I better get this thing saved before it does. But before I do that, the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. The Veteran Crisis Hotline, 22 veterans commit suicide a day. That's way too many. Our brothers and sisters are dying. They need your help. Please reach out to the VCL. If you can't do that, call me. Call another veteran who's on the show. There are plenty here who can help you on the message boards and inside Facebook, my website, And we will help you make that call. If you can't do that, click on the VCL link on my website. It'll take you to Skype and get you connected to a live video operator. And it doesn't matter whether you are a veteran or not. They will never turn anyone away. And the VCL will take care and make sure you get the help you need. Folks, that is all for my show tonight. I cannot thank you enough for what you do and what we've done. 4,000 followers is a great thing. I am out, and I will see you tomorrow for Episode 9-2. Thanks for watching. Don't unfriend me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Alekos design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www. A L E K O S designs.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks still point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans and we absolutely love them. Special. Thanks that amazing song and you can hear Citizen Soldier at Still Stillpoint